You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. How are you guys doing? I'm just going to guess that you either don't have a boat or a camper or all the camping spots were full and that's why you decided you had to come to church today. No, you're faithful, the strong, right? Who would want to miss this, especially when you heard that uh, Rod and I were going to be sharing today? By the way, my name is Josh Gray. I'm the executive uh, pastor here at Real Life and also the Moscow uh, campus pastor. And this is Rod Jensen, small group, care group, home group. Yeah, there we go. Right over there. Yeah, fabulous Rod Jensen. So we are super excited to be uh, diving into uh, the word today with you guys. Again, the women's conference, I know the fair's going on, but um, dude, you're going to get way more bang for your buck if you help your wife go to that than uh, slopping through the, the fair stuff. You can go do that on Sunday. Sunday's when you want to go anyway, right? Um, so I encourage you guys to go to that. You know what's cool about that? When I first saw that video, I was like, where did we get this footage? This is amazing. How could we, per-? you know, we must have bought that somewhere. And we didn't. That's Gus and the video team and all those phones. Those are people. I was like, wait a minute, that's Hillary. How did she get in that video? What a, what a great uh, high quality video put together. And it's just part of the character of excellence of our team. And so thank you, Gus. Thank you for all you're doing. The team, appreciate those guys. Well, let's dive in here. Uh, we're in the Sermon on the Mount series. If you missed anything, rewind, go back, jump online and get it. We start out with the Beatitudes, uh, Salt and Light. Uh, we talked about the law. JT talked about, you've heard it said. Uh, we talked about the needy. Uh, last week was on prayer and forgiveness. How about that one with Marty, huh? Yeah, anybody have any forgiveness stuff that they need to figure out? That's a good one to listen to. Kind of give you a, a perspective of what forgiveness is and isn't and all those things. Great job. And then this week, uh, Rod and I have titled this uh, Treasures and Worries. And so we get the privilege of diving into uh, Matthew 6 uh, with you here. And we're in verse 19. Let's do it. Let's dive in. Matthew 6, verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. First off, I, I just got to tell you that it's a lot different up here. And, uh, but what an honor it is to be able to share with you today. Uh, my wife, Brenda, and I ha- have gone, we've lived all over the country. So obviously we've attended churches, different churches, and we've been going to real life now for about the last five years. And I can guarantee you that real life has the best pastor teaching of anybody in the country. And it's a real blessing. Uh, And I love, I just love getting their little nuggets on how to study the Bible. Now, I know you guys have heard this one. When you see the word, therefore, we should be asking the question, 
Oh, God, you guys got it. Nice job. Uh, how about Aaron? It's in the text. Or if you see the same word being spoken over and over and over again in a little area, probably something important happening there. Or maybe just the amount of information that is given on any one subject. You realize that two-thirds of Jesus' parables have to do with money and possessions. So it's probably safe to say that he had it figured out that we were going to be having a difficult time with our earthly possessions. A couple of weeks ago, Josh and Carrie talked about tithing and giving back to God what is his. Uh, Marty last week talked about being generous and doing good deeds, all heavenly treasures. Today, I want to talk to you about probably your most important one, and that would be your time. Now, when you walked in the front doors this morning, that first area is kind of Sarah's domain. You were greeted by a handshake, a smile, and possibly even a hug. And then if you look to your right, you had the first-time visitor's desk. Over to the left, you had the hub. All of that area is manned by volunteers. When you come in with a child, you hand that child off to Rachel and her staff, and those are all volunteers. When you grabbed that cup of coffee, when you grabbed your bulletin, when you sat down and you saw the connection card in front of you, those things are all dealt with by volunteers. Kelly's crew up here, volunteers, and boy, are they good. If you come back tonight, Emmy's group, uh, the Fusion group, volunteers. If you come on Friday night with Sherry, her staff is going to be staffed with volunteers. And on any day of the week, you can sign up for a home group, and those are going to be facilitated by volunteers. Time, effort, so greatly appreciated, all that our volunteers do. Now, I coached basketball for 43 years, and the teams that I enjoyed the most and the teams that were usually the most successful were teams that were made up of players who wanted to be part of something bigger than themselves. Well, real life, we're a family. Real life, we're a team. And we need you to get connected, to find where you can serve. And that will really help out our body here at Real Life Church. Hebrews says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Yeah, as you can see, the, the weaving that we didn't even do that. Jesus did that all through the Sermon on the Mount. But he's talking about this generosity. And sure, we talk about money and we talk about all that stuff. But now we're getting to, we get to the nitty gritty. We're talking about something that you can't go make more of. We're talking about your time. Your time is so precious. You know, verse uh, 22, it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If the eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So as we think about this, there's a Jewish idiom here that's talking about the eye. It's not about the physical health of your eye, like your eyes work and function. We're talking about uh, the eyes are like the window to the soul. And it's interesting as I was studying this and uh, kind of the couple words that popped out to me were the healthy and unhealthy. 
And so like, what does it mean to have a healthy eye? And so say a uh, haplos, haplos. So that's the word that they use there for uh, healthy. And where that's translated in different places in the text, it talks about uh, the word is generous. And then uh, say the word uh, porneras, porneras. That's the unhealthy word. And wherever they use that word, a lot of places it talks about as being stingy. So let's read that verse again and talk about uh, a generous eye and a stingy eye. So the eye is the lamp of the body. If your uh, eyes are generous, right, then your, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are stingy, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So think about what does it mean to have a generous eye or a stingy eye? How do you view God's most prized possession? When you look at people, do you look at them for their potential? Do you look at them the same way that God will look at them about how amazing they are and what they could do and where they can go and, and how you could be a, come alongside them? What a treasure to have a generous eye. Generous to see people's needs. Generous to see when somebody's hurting. Generous to just walk alongside somebody in a time of, of, of just tragedy. Or do you have the stingy eye? You're busy chasing your treasures in heaven or on earth. Where's all my stuff? What stuff? What am I going to do? How am I gonna... And it's not about the stuff. It's about the motive behind why you get the stuff. So Jesus is talking about their eyes. He wants, do you look at people the same way that God sees them? Do you see them as full of potential and hope? Do you see that they could be a world, world changer? Or do you see them with a the stingy eye? In verse 24, it says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I've had a tough week this last week with my glasses. When I read, I have to take them off so I can see. But I've been doing a horrible job of putting those glasses in a safe spot. So not once, but twice, I have sat down to read. I have taken my glasses off. I have gotten to get up to do something, and boom, I have smashed both glasses to smithereens. So I'm to my last pair. But when I have my glasses on, there's a singleness to my vision. I can see where I'm going. I can see what my goals are. And I don't get lost. I have purpose. But the minute that I take these glasses off, oh my gosh, you guys are a blur. I have no idea what I'm looking at. I'd get lost trying to find the bathroom out there, for gosh sakes. And it's the same. So if I'm trying to concentrate here, I miss everything here. We need to have single vision. 
Now, I don't think God cares how much money you make. I don't think he cares how many possessions you have. What he cares about is when you take your love and your passion and all your wear for, for how, and you chase after those earthly possessions, and you forget him, and you lose your vision on him. So in the transition from possessions now, Jesus takes us into worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is, it not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and, let, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can, you, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Is that, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, this is really a special verse uh, for me. I'll roll back 14, 15 years ago. Um, I was in Post Falls, Idaho. I think that math is right. And uh, I provided for my family through the insurance business. And I was an insurance sales guy. I think Tori was probably seven. Jacob was four. And Ellie was one. So three, three children. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, so I was 100% commission insurance sales guy. And so part of the sales process that you might be familiar with when you've purchased insurance is your agent will let you know that, hey, if for any reason you're not satisfied with this or you want to change your mind, uh, 30 days from the time I deliver it to you, uh, you can change your mind. And it's called a free look period where you get to look at that uh, policy and decide whether or not you want to keep it. And so I'm getting ready. I'm trying to provide for my family. I go out there, and it's on day number 29, I get a call. And the gentleman was like, you know what? We've changed our mind. Fair enough. You have the freedom to do that. And they have these fabulous things called chargebacks in the insurance world. And so what that means was that I had to pay the $4,000 back to the company that they had paid me already because I had delivered the policy and all those things. So I had this... I, was four, I started my day out 4000 in the negative. Straight commission insurance guy. I was pretty bummed. So, but I'm going to make it happen, right? I'm going to, I can go out and I'll survive this. So I go out, I'm hard charging. I go to my, my, my first appointment. That's why you have three or four appointments. I go to my first appointment, get out there and get up there and visit them. Hey, yeah, we don't want to talk to you. Boom, slam the door. Okay, well, that's all right. That's why you got more appointments. I'm working my way to my next insurance appointment. I got those things. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. 
probably the blinds closed before I came up there. Knock, knock, knock. Called a no-show. Okay. Got one more appointment. That's okay. I'll make it to the next one. And, you know, things that happen. And I'm running. I drive, drive 20, 30 minutes to my next appointment using my gas, my car, all those things. Get to my next appointment. Get up there. You know, you know what we thought about? We're not nervous and talking to you. Boom. Oh, then I'll scramble and try and make another appointment. Failure, 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 failure. So I remember driving and I parked overlooking Lake Coeur d'Alene and I saw all the beautiful boats that I love and all these amazing houses that I love to see in my dream of chasing these things that I wanted to chase. And what do you think that Carrie was going to ask me when I drove my beat up Honda Accord home? How'd it go today? Well, we lost $4,000. I don't know how we're going to really pay the rent. I don't really know what we're going to feed our kids. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to change our plan. And I remember sitting there overlooking Coeur d'Alene for a little bit and getting more and more worked up. And I remember banging my steering wheel, banging my steering wheel, banging my steering wheel. I was like, God, why is this happening to me? I've accepted you. I'm following you. I tithed off the 4000 that I got. Why did you take this from me? And so since I was totally desperate and had nowhere else to turn, I figured I'd just flip open the Bible. There's a lot of pages in the Bible. Where do you think I flipped open to? Do not worry. Do not worry, Josh, about what you will eat. I was kind of worried. What you will drink, what you will wear, all other things. Don't worry about that. And I read that passage over and over again, tears coming down my eye trying to figure out how I was going to make it with my family. You know that worry, the, one of the founders of the Mayo Clinic, Charles Mayo, talked about worry, that you can literally worry yourself to death. Have you heard of people having ulcers? I had shingles like two years, three years ago, worrying about stuff with the church, trying to carry it on my own. Physically had shingles at like 41 years old. You're not supposed to get those then. Guess what the doctor asked me? You under a lot of stress? Yeah. Are you worrying about lots of stuff? Yeah. Huh. Okay. You can worry yourself to death. And so when God says to not worry, I want you to phrase this. Is, 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 is worrying, realistically to me, worrying is looking at, at as, as not having faith. It's fear. You worry out of fear. It's okay to be concerned. Can you be concerned? Concerned is rooted in empathy. And when you wrap it in with the Lord, it comes along with faith. So when you're concerned about something and you go to the Lord with it and you go like, hey, God, we've got a pretty big problem here. I'm pretty concerned and I'm sure you are too. Give me the wisdom, Lord, to help tackle this. Do you understand the difference between why God would say not to worry but it's still okay to be concerned, but you're going to be concerned with him and walk with him. Amen? Amen. The other day, Aaron took the staff on a field trip uh, to the cemetery behind church, and he had a few exercises for us to do, uh, and it was really a good time. And while I was there, you can't help notice the different tombstones. I mean, some are older than others, obviously. There was different colors. There was different shapes. There was different sizes. But they did have one thing in common, and that was there was a birth date, there was a dash, 
and then there was a death date. Now, if you look up at this line on the screen right here, this is not a start of a circle where the lines are going to hook up. This line picture goes as far to the right as you can imagine, and it goes as far to the left as you can imagine. That's the eternity line, and that's a long, long time. But when I look at that little mark right there, that's our mark. That's how long we're going to be here on earth. And that tombstone right there, well, we already have our start date. We all have a birth date. It's on there. We don't have the end date, but we do have a dash, and that dash is in progress. Every decision you make, every action that you take is going to dictate what your dash means. Your dash means something. It's what you stood for. Are you following God? Are you storing up heavenly treasures? Are you giving back to God what is his? Are you giving of your time to the church? Are you being generous? Are you doing good deeds? Or are you just one of those people going after the I gotta haves? I gotta have this, I gotta have that. Well, if I'm looking at that line right there and I see that small amount of time we're here, it seems like it's awfully small thinking to be chasing after all the world thinks we have to have and we can't even take it with us. And then I look at the size of eternity and how big it is, I think it would behoove us to start storing up and preparing ourselves for an eternity with God. Now, that's big thinking for a big God. Yeah, and it's not about your stuff. Like, you're supposed to have awesome stuff. Like you should. It's not even your stuff, though. That's the problem. It's God's stuff. You know where my boat was yesterday? Or God's boat was yesterday? It was out on the, on the, on the lake without me. And you know what I got to see? I got to see pictures of people laughing and having fun on the boat that God is allowing me to use right now. Because it's not mine. It's his. It's for his kids. It's for his kingdom. It's for his purposes. Does that make sense? And so it's not about your stuff. I hope you get buried in stuff. I hope you have so many things you can't. And I hope you share it with people and do life with them and have so much fun because you actually got to. Isn't it about who you go with? Not about what you have. Who are you taking with you? Who gets to enjoy the life with you in your dash? If we're going to go to uh, verse uh, 6, verse 33, next one. Not that one. I think I'm on 6. There we go. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. So there's a difference, and I wanna, we had a great uh, sermon club, and somebody brought this up, and I think they're going to talk about it in more detail later. But there's a difference between seeking and looking. An example, my wife and I uh, were at a church conference in uh, Helena, Montana in January. Very nice weather there. Um, piles of snow everywhere. And so we get out of the church van to go to this conference, and she gets out and she's grabbing stuff. And she goes like this in her wedding ring because it was so cold there. Flew off of her hand into a snowbank. What's the difference between seeking and looking? <laughs> Here's one. 
So one of my children, who will be uh, nameless, decided they were going to make uh, macaroni and cheese this week for some dinner or for lunch. And uh, my wife, he calls up the, my wife, is like, hey, I don't know, I can't, we don't have any butter. It's downstairs in the bottom fridge in the drawer. Come back home later that day, guess what we found in the fridge? Pile of noodles. No butter, no cheese, not made, right? So did we seek the butter? Or did we just look for the butter? And that's the difference when you talk about seeking the kingdom of heaven. It's not a casual thing. It's not a, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. As soon as I, Lord, when I can squeeze you in, I'll talk to you. When I get really desperate and I'm crying, that's when I'll, that's when I'll open up the Bible. Seeking him is like chasing after that wedding ring in the pile of snow. When your hands are cold, when it hurts to dig, that's seeking. Do you seek God the same way? And do you seek because he's going to give you this? Is this the prosperity gospel? Hey, you seek his kingdom. You're going to have a, a boat, airplane, cards, lake house, all this other stuff. Or is it about a different purpose? Is there more comfort when you're seeking his righteousness and his kingdom? And so that's what he says. He says, he says seek it. So as we go into our uh, time of communion, if you're going to serve uh, communion to us, go ahead and go back and get the trays. And we're going to hold that all together. We have an uh, open, open door with our communion. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we get the privilege of doing this every week. Uh, we feel free to join us and take it. We're just going to hold it all to the end and we'll take it together. If it's not your thing and you haven't uh, made those type of decisions, you can just let it pass by. It's not that great of crackers and juice anyway. Um, but uh, as we go into our implications, and this week they're not really implications. We want you to take these questions and sit down at your dinner table with your kids. We want you to, if you're cheating and you're having your home group all summer long without our, no, uh, and you're talking about this in your home group, we're going to talk about this. We want you to chew up some of these questions and see what this is doing to your heart, see where God's taking you. So here's one. Uh, you've heard it said from Aaron Couch, uh, that worry is practical atheism. I think he stole that from somebody else. Worry is practical atheism. You worry because you, you don't think that God's going to take care of you. You've got to provide for you. You've got to take care of you because there's not a creator in, in this world who keeps us on this spinning globe at thousands of miles an hour around a sun that could burn us up in a second, right, that could probably handle your problem. Or is there? And so are there areas, I ask you this, are there areas that God would be revealing to you where you need to replace worry and you need to bring him in as a partner and be concerned about it with a partner that can actually help you? Worry is rooted in fear. Being concerned is empathy and faith. Anywhere in your life you want to change that. Second question. If your dash is your most treasured possession, how are you investing it? When and not if. When you decide to seek God and his treasures, you have to think about it, you have to live it, and you have to act it. When you sit down at the beginning of your week, whatever, whenever that is, and you have a blank calendar, 
Have you penciled in your prayer time? Have you penciled in your Bible time? Have you penciled in your home group time? Have you penciled in your volunteer time? Have you penciled in what service you're going to attend this week? And instead of using a pencil, if we are really seeking, I would go back and put it in pen, go over it in felt tip marker because it's not going to change. Other things can change, but those are the givens. That's what I'm going to do this week. That is my week. So when you come to Sunday morning, your alarm goes off and you get up and you get ready to come to church and you come and you fellowship and you worship and you learn. Now that's heavenly treasures. But I guarantee you we're playing against a very good competitor. And he's going to do everything he can. He's going to talk to you. He's going to put roadblocks up there. And he does, want, he does not want you to reach your goal. So now when the alarm goes off and your little voice says, well, it's been a long week. I'm kind of tired. I'm just going to roll over and go to sleep. You know, I didn't get a chance to play golf this week. Now would be a good time. Great weather. Let's go play 18 holes. Ah, we'll go to church next week. Or how about the infamous one? You know, if I go to the office for a couple of hours, make a little bit more money, I can chase after the next gotta have. If you are going to seek your goal, when the roadblocks come forth, when you hear the little voice, stop and pray and invite the best teammate that was, could ever be. And Jesus will give you the power and the strength and the courage to make the right decisions. So as your dashes, as our dashes are in progress, when it's all said and done, we can be pleased with our dash. Our wives and our spouses can be pleased with our dashes. Our families will be pleased with our dashes, and God will be pleased with our dash. And the last question is, can you trust Matthew 6.33? I know you can understand it. I know you can comprehend it, but can you trust it? Can you walk it out in your life? Can you put him in first position in your life to seek him and to seek his righteousness? Because I can say the words, but I can tell you that I don't always do that. And there is a battle. And is your family, is your marriage, is it what you live, live your life upon, is it going to be based on that you're going to seek his kingdom and his righteousness? Because then the stuff, the stuff is fine. All the stuff is fine. But can you trust it? And if you can trust, you know how you know if you can trust it? You live it out. And in my experience, my greatest times with God have not come in the times where I am in the greatest comfort of my life. My greatest times with God have come when I'm in the greatest discomfort in my life. And so to live it out, is it for you and your family? Is it for today? Is it for now? Can you trust Matthew 6, 33? Can you seek, can you trust that if you seek him and his righteousness, that you're going to be fine and that your dash is going to matter? So as we uh, head to the table here, 
night he was betrayed, he held the bread up and he looked at his disciples, right? He looked at them and he said, this is my body. It's given up for, given up for us. Take it and eat. And then he held up the cup. He said, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant. Let's drink. Father, I just thank you for this time, and I thank you for your amazing word. Uh, I thank you for that text that you put on my heart so many years ago. And Lord, that I go back to it, and I go back to it, and I go back to it, and I go back to it, because I got to believe it, I got to believe it, I got to believe it. Lord, I believe that you do know what we need. I believe you got our days planned out for us. Lord, I believe that, that you're going to take care of us. You have. Living in America, we've hit the lottery. It's hard to starve here. So, Father God, I just ask that your word would continue to just uh, help us to dive deeper in it this week. I know there's lots of amazing nuggets within this, Lord, but can we trust it? How do we seek you, Father? Help us to seek you in an amazing, mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Real Life. If you'd like more information on who we are, what's happening in our church, and how you can get involved, visit us on Facebook and Twitter, and visit our website, liferotp.com. 